as much as I'd love to go into this one, it's the cutoff at 11. And so here's your headline. You can look it up yourself. Attendees of pro-Trump caravan say Cardinals player Andre Hopkins flipped them off. From the azcentral.com website, Sunday the 25th of October is when we posted this one. So this one did last quite a bit. And if you want to see more of it, go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, and click the link for this week's podcast. As of what I have to give you, the top 10 stories that you said were the biggest stories. And spoiler alert, two big money stories, two big stories that are super stories coming up and the explanation of why they are. But oddly enough, the combination didn't necessarily change where they go, but we'll get to those and more in a moment here on the weekly wrap up with Jay Cliff and Payne. This is the week ending October 31st. Yes, Halloween 2020. And welcome to the show. My name, Jay Cleveland Payne. The show, the weekly wrap-up, the weekly wrap-up of news stories based on what we provided for you via our social media attached to The Conversation Project. Conversation Project is a website. It's a way of life, as I like to say, where we try to gather the most conversational news topics out there, especially ones that get lost in the shuffle with all the quote-unquote breaking news in the mainstream media, and give you a chance to tell us what stories, what things out there are actually worth having conversations about. You literally do the bulk of the legwork. I do a little bit of number crunching and a podcast at the end of the week. Now, how does it all actually come about? You simply follow our social media accounts on Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, search for This is a Conversation. On Twitter, we are TH underscore conversation. All that details is at our website, of course. And as we post new news story headlines from various sources, about every 50 minutes or so, you engage with the stories and let me know if they're worthy of talking about. And it's a quick like, love. You can also hate it as well. Think about it while the other different emotions you can put for your subjects. You can also, of course, share it and engage with it by giving comments. The more engagements that the stats tell us are there, the higher the score gets at the end of the week. We go from Friday to Friday, and then we put them all in a spreadsheet. We make it so that Facebook and the Twitter give it a total raw score that's nice and even most of the times. And we tell you which stories were the very top. At number one, and what story was at the very bottom for this week? And this week, that number is 205, 205 distinct different stories in the countdown. Now, as we say, we're working through things. We have some super stories where we combine some of the headlines that were posted that were basically updates to updates to updates, and that changes the number a little bit, but we'll explain those as we get to them. Now, if you want to conversate with me outside of the podcast and of the actual social media, email us. The conversation inbox at gmail.com. Make sure you stop by our website and click on the button for our partnerships and see if we are a good fit for you. If we're providing for you great content, you want to help us provide more of it. You can see how you can partner with us. You can also just click on any of the advertisement links in our newsletter, in our social media feeds on the website, and we get a little bit of peace from that sale. So affiliate links is how they work out there. That helps keeps this thing going. It's a labor of love. But it is an actual labor and it takes up resources as well. Most importantly, if you've just stumbled across this, stick with us. You're going to love it. And then make sure you subscribe to the podcast and whatever podcatcher you're looking for. And, of course, share with other people looking to have greater conversations. With that all said, let's get into the countdown. We're going to do our best to be brief. Brevity is what we're looking for for the podcast. So you can let me know in comments how well I'm doing right now. Let's start with the story at number 10. The headline reads, 
Kevin Spacey flees to London after Anthony Rapp sues actor for underage sexual assault. We pulled this story from OK Magazine's website, okmagazine.com. The story is a statistical tie, and I have problems with that word, of course. That means it really is the same amount of number as the story ahead of it at number nine. We'll explain why that one's nine, this one's ten. But the bumper response for both these stories from the number 11 story is 6.78%. Now, very quickly on this one, because it needs very little explanation if you've been basically paying attention to any news over the last couple of years. Kevin Spacey, a former uh, big-time movie star, and of course, the last thing he starred in was House of Cards. Uh, which was affected by Kevin Spacey being Kevin Spacey, apparently is one of those people who Hollywood has known a lot about for a long time but didn't actually talk about because he has been essentially the 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 man who has been known for rumors and some of it in innuendo, but a lot of rumors of dealing with um, other actors, mostly male actors, mostly underage actors, and trying to have sexual relations with them. That's the basically the the nicest way we can put it. And many, many people especially know, knew this story or knew this secret to the point that uh, when it came out, not only was he uh, essentially, well, not even essentially, he was literally uh, CGI'd out of a movie, but of course they made one more season of his hit show uh, where he played the president after, of course, killing the former person as a president, and they played it by him being killed. That, of course, is House of Cards. Uh, Kevin Spacey's known for playing some really weird, icky, just out-there characters, and unfortunately, Kevin Spacey may actually be a lot more of those characters in real life than we wanted to know. Anthony Rapp is an actor mostly known for doing things on Broadway, and um, he has stated in many, many, many times that Kevin Spacey uh, had an eye for him in younger days. And now that he has actually turned this into a lawsuit, essentially Me Too has turned everybody who has had some sort of dealings with this into a a thought process of whether they should actually sue people or not, even though the the time frame is a lot of times very long past. He has made this a case for court and Mr. Spacey, he being Mr. Rap, Mr. Spacey decides he's going to basically flee. Now we do have extradition agreements in places like London. If that's as far as he's going, we'll see if he goes any further, but essentially he's going to live somewhere else while this thing turns into something else. And we'll see what happens going forward if this is something that you're really interested you're interested into this is one interesting enough to be in number 10 uh, let us know and of course upvote more stories more headlines like this one and we'll keep updating it as we know more as we said the number nine story is technically tied with number 10 we don't like tens we don't like ties for the way this works out so basically the story that is younger gets the higher ranking because it got to that same number first. So that's why the number nine story is the nine and the last one was 10. Headline is, Weather Delays Monday Resumption of Cup Series Playoff Race at Texas. This is posted on Monday the 26th, as we said, and of course it is a virtual tie, a virtual tie. it's an actual tie with a number 10 story. Our source for this is NASCAR.com. It's essentially a press release uh, on basing on why they weren't racing on Monday. They were not able to finish a race in Texas Motor Speedway on Saturday, on Sunday due to wet weather and misting in the area. And that, of course, wet weather and more misting kept the Monday afternoon racing from going. 52 of the scheduled 334 laps were completed on Sunday before they killed it uh, of a 500 lap race. Uh, that's obviously not 500 mile race through uh, uh that's obviously not going to make it towards the end um math is not working so well today sorry about that so essentially they just pulled the plug on the rest of the race 
I'm assuming they did finish the race. There's no update to this one right here. Uh, if you're a NASCAR fan, you already know the answer to this one. You want to go deeper into the details on what happened to the race, which is technically 100 or 501 miles. Not sure why, but check out the link at our website. This is the conversation.com link for the Week's podcast. All links for all the stories, including the ones we're skipping over from one to two Oh five. There's a link to go into each story into detail at our website. Click the link for this week's podcast week ending October 31st, 2020 moving on to the story. Now at number eight, this one headline, multiple casualties in Nice terrorist attack. Local mayor says, Posted on Thursday, the 29th of October, this story gets a bump in response from the number nine story of 3.17%. Literally, as people were waking up here in the States and going through the morning deluge of Trump, 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 happening overnight and breaking and us getting information here in the States of the attack in Nice, a terrorist attack. They are calling a terrorist attack where multiple people were, were stabbed. Uh, in the attack around the cathedral in Nice. This is one that's uh, been a real oddity for people in general and ex- extreme oddity for people in, in Paris. Paris has dealt with a whole lot of issues with people dealing with um, essentially uh, just just Muslim issues. That's the only way I can say it. The people who have dealt these attacks uh, over the past couple of days, there was the beheading a few weeks ago. There were other attacks going on, terrorist attacks, have been linked to Muslim fundamentalists. Uh, there have been the whole, he shot at Allah Akbar at the end thing that goes along. So there's some sort of something going on in Europe, some sort of something going on in Paris, some sort of something going on in France where there's just a bubbling over of, of of just of just dissent or just some some of the weirdness is the only way we can say it uh, from various Muslim people, various Muslim people. This is not a Muslim problem. This is a terrorist problem. Um, fundamentalists who basically have a bit of a skewed issue of what their religion says. Even if you don't agree with their religion, um, there are no mandates that says you must go out there and kill random people because we have to scare people into being one of us. That doesn't work for Christianity. It doesn't work for uh, for Islam. Doesn't work for his Hinduism. Doesn't work for Buddhism. It doesn't work for anything. There is no mandate per per any of them, and specifically in the world we live in, where one religion dominates the other. There may be because of cultural instances, maybe because of the region you live in, and it may be because a lot of those guys were there before you got there, so that one is bigger than the other one. But the fact that anyone is going to use religion as an excuse to commit murder. It's 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 insane. It really is insane. So we'll give you more details on this one. We have another issue coming up a bit, or a bit later about this sort of thing. Uh, but apparently bad guys being bad guys for the sake of religion is something that's not going away, especially in the weirdness that's been 2020. Here's a story at number seven. Amy Coney Barrett has been officially confirmed to the Supreme Court with a vote of 52-48. Monday, the 26th of October, date we posted this one. Pretty good bump in response, 18.46% from the story that was at number eight. And this is one that if you've been following any news, because all the mainstream's covering it, all the fringes are covering it, everybody has their own religious bent, if you will, uh, to why to cover Amy uh, Coney Barrett, ACB, which people are trying to call her. Um, she's on the court 
and she has not done very much for the court at the moment. She's only been there for not even a week yet, so there you go. But essentially, the the story behind this is the rush to place her onto the seat after the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or RBG, uh, and all the kerfuffle about the fact that the Republicans, the same guys in charge, essentially rushed to get this one done with only weeks before an election of a new president when way back when President Barack Obama had a chance to appoint someone after a death of uh, justice. I believe it was Kalia. And he had eight and it was 18 months until the next election. And the same Republicans were like, nope, we're gonna let the next guy choose it. And then when the next guy is a Republican and they have the same thing and have an even shorter window to make it happen, they're like, yep, we're gonna make this thing happen. Because they actually have the right to do that, and they had the right to refuse before, but what they don't really have the the right to, or at least the moral standing to do, is the flip-flop like this. So they are literally being hypocrites to our faces, speaking lies to us, because they're politicians. Whether you are a Republican or not, a conservative or not, a liberal or not, Democrat or not, this is not good behavior. This is not the way you act in a sense where you're supposed to be working with each other for a greater good. Obviously, our Congress not working well with each other at all. Only reason why they pushed this thing and only reason they did it was because they have a majority of votes in the Senate. And in fact, no Democrats even dealt with any of the actual procedure part of this. They just said, we're not going to do it. But they had enough votes and they pushed it anyway. That's not how politics work. That's not how life works. We as greater people should be greater than that. We'll see how that works out in a few days when the election rolls out. But right now, this is what we're looking with. The Supreme Court has nine seats on the court. Amy Coney Barrett has not really contributed much so far. But what we're looking for is whether there is a contested election that goes to the Supreme Court. There's an issue there. And essentially, the main reason why she is a superstar in Trump's world to make this thing happen and be there, she may be one of a a catalyst and maybe one of the votes that makes this happen for the overturning of a couple things, Obamacare and Roe versus Wade. Your opinion on those right now are important, but the way the process went and the way they sort of ramrodded this person, who's probably a great person, into the spot because she'll probably do these things is an issue. Story at number six, hundreds of Trump supporters stuck in the cold for hours when buses can't reach the Omaha rally. Wednesday, the 28th of October, we posted this one bump in response of 1.3%. So Trump hold a hold, held, hold a rally, held a rally on Tuesday night in Omaha outside of the airport, essentially an airport hangar. Uh, the people getting out there stood in out there in the cold for a while, had to be bussed into the area just to get to the, the, the holding area to, to have it. Air Force One pulls in. Trump comes out, does his thing. Air Force One pulls out. People turn to look, see where the buses should be to take them out of the airport hangar because you can't just drive in there. There are no buses. Why are there no buses? Buses are stuck in traffic. Why are buses stuck in traffic? Because there's traffic at this time of the day in Omaha around the airport. And so people were stuck in freezing conditions because it's cold this time here in Omaha uh, waiting to get out of their situation. Now, this is not an isolated incident. Uh, They've also had issues in some places on the southern part of the world or the more desert part 
in Arizona and places like that where the president's bouncing around the big battleground states where people are you know still stuck in elements but they have the other element of being warmth heat sun and a lot of people having to deal with being out in that area so long sometimes during the actual rallies themselves are passing out from from heat exhaustion just like people were dealing with cold issues here in Omaha uh, I, what little commentary I'm going to give on this because I'm not going to talk about the the politics and the policies little po- commentary I'm giving on this one is the irresponsibility that the campaigns are having in their push to win by doing more events spreading them out as best, as best as possible but not thinking about things like this it should have been on the campaign to figure this out not on the city per se or not on the people standing in the cold waiting for buses it should be on the campaigns to really make various different attempts to take care of people in the heat fortunately for the the stories i heard about folks in those cases the fire departments and the people, paramedics that are there required to be there, were able to attend to as many people as possible. So those things to get out of hand. But there's a lot of people who are in vulnerable type classes, people who the big deal is people who are vulnerable to the coronavirus are hanging out at Trump rallies. They're also vulnerable to just general stuff like this. The campaign should be more cognizant of these things. That's all I got to say about that. Let's move on to story at number five. Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton are engaged. Tuesday, the 27th of October, as we posted that one, with a bump in response from the story at number six of 3.85%. So Gwen and Gwen and Gwen and Blake are engaged. The odd part about that is most people thought they were already married. In fact, they were, they did an appearance on TV or Gwen Stefani did an appearance on TV where where she was talking about people just assume that they've been married because they've been publicly dating for so long. And there's the whole divorcing their their husbands and wives to hang out with each other thing. They just assumed that it was there. But no, they were just dating. And now they are officially engaged. We pulled this from People.com, the article that talked about that. And it sort of went into a bit of the backstory. If you want to go deeper into Gwen and Blake's life, if you don't get enough of them watching them, the voice or watching other tabloid stuff, if that's your take, it's big enough for a number five story. So apparently it was big enough for enough people's takes. Uh, check out the link at our website. This is the or search People.com for the link directly. Of course, you can find links to every single story we, we went over this week and aren't going over today. That is from one to two Oh five at our website. This is the conversation.com. And you look for the link for this week's podcast for the week ending October 31st, 2020. It's uh, not as spooky of a countdown as, as we thought it would be, but you know what? We still got four more to go. So we'll explain those as you go away. The number four story headline has this Charlie Hebdo cartoon mocking Turkish leader Erdogan sparks furor this posted on wednesday the 28th of october bump in response from number five story of 4.94 percent charlie hebdo has been in the news a lot lately and it's just been their thing but this all comes apart comes as part of the weird muslim unrest that's not a big unrest just a weird terrorist sort of oddly unrest in france charlie hebdo is a french newspaper french magazine if you will uh that is um sort of like a more seriously political mad magazine they make fun of basically everybody and they do it on a for for they do it specifically to get a rise out of folks charlie hebdo is this the magazine that 
of course, we know famously published the first cartoon of Muhammad, which caused a whole bunch of issues way back when uh, Charlie Hebdo was attacked a few weeks ago, or at least some people coming out of the building of Charlie Hebdo were attacked because somebody felt slighted on those levels. And they assumed the people coming out of the building were people that worked at the, at the, at the paper. They were not. And so right now they're dealing with the kerfuffle of this one. Now, whether you are a fan of Erdogan, which most people around the world actually are not, or not, um, we do things differently here, we hope, and these sorts of acts of violence, just randomish acts of violence, should not be happening. Yes, they do happen here in the States as well, but that's not the way we should be going here. I want to believe that here in the United States, we do a better job of policing these things, stopping these things, you know, even though we are jerks to each other at times, being less jerky about these things, and just in general. We shall see how this works out. We'll still see if Charlie Hebdo has more implications, more issues with themselves from this cartoon as opposed to the other cartoons and other things they do. And remember, they're doing this stuff on purpose. So it's not like they're at. So don't think they're asking for it. They are satire. They are political. They can do that because they have that right. Those At least that much free speech there in France. But they don't have, you know, they should not be up for thinking everyone's going to kill them for expressing views. At number three, BBC journalist and former MSNBC host Martin Bashir seriously unwell with coronavirus implications complications. Deadline.com gave us this one on Friday the 23rd. And this gets a bumper response of 89.41% from the number four story. And this is one that's an interesting one because, as we tell you often, if you've listened to the podcast, we take the scores from the Twitter responses and the Facebook responses. And the Twitter responses, based on this, the nature of Twitter, uh, outnumber things all the time. And now Twitter basically runs the show. Twitter essentially assigns where things are. Then Facebook will add a bit, which will shift a couple things up or down, to be honest. Facebook usually does not determine a great deal of where things go. This is a story that was essentially destined to be where it was going to be because of Twitter. Um, and in the Facebook, a part of it essentially reinforced where it was going to land. Uh, it is the number one respondent story. One of the story people responded to on Facebook this week. And so it basically sp- put itself where it's going to be and stuck there. Uh, now, on the story itself, Martin Bashir may not be a household name, but he's done a lot of great journalism here in the States, even though he's from from London, from England. Uh, he spent some time doing on ABC as well, doing 2020. And he's the one that formed, that did famously did the walk around with Michael Jackson a, a few years before his death, just going through his stuff and having Michael Jackson saying, actually, not not even the weirdest Michael Jackson stuff he did. But, he, you know, he went shopping with Michael and was like, oh, yeah, I'll take five Rembrandts and two of those pieces of David's and then send that Mona Lisa. Yeah, wrap that up. I'm going to I'm going to carry that out myself. He was there for that crazy shopping trip. That was um crazy but he's done some pretty big journalism and right now he is one of the um, millions of people around the world who is current who is currently dealing with uh, the coronavirus we hope the best for him to get well we hope few complications once he is well this is a story that we'll basically have to just kind of keep up with as we sort of pop in there he was essentially the the biggest celebrity of note this week that popped up into the spotlight for coronavirus stuff we popped them into the into the, the the countdown, or popped them into the feed. You put them in the countdown at the three spot. 
The number one and two stories are super stories. We call them money stories on the back end because um, they change the, the the face of how the things how they get posted based on the combinations. Super stories are just stories where we take uh, where a few different stories with different taglines, different headlines posted along in the week, mostly updates and things uh, coming in. And we instead of having them spread all over the countdown, we combine them for a total score so they get the full weight and we normally pick just one of the headlines to focus on even though it's it's a larger story because we can expand to those two and one are both super stories but the oddity about this is they didn't necessarily shift the spacing where they were the number two story would have been the number three story if not for super story status uh essentially the highest ranking story was at number three it only gave it enough juice essentially to leapfrog over the number three story about martin brashear um and and that's it uh the number one story was two different stories about one person and they were basically the number one story and the number five or six story so this just basically settled that it was going to be this guy is the tops of the tops. We'll get to him in a minute. First, the story at number two. Six dead, millions powerless as Zeta roars across southern eastern, south, southern eastern U.S. Say that three times fast, but it happened, this one we posted, on Thursday, the 29th of October. So this was basically the last one we posted as Zeta. We told us about Zeta being a tropical storm that's going to, it basically was a tropical storm that was going to turn to a hurricane and back to a tropical storm as it passed over Cozumel and then went back in the Gulf. We were expecting to be a, a Category 1 storm when it hit. I believe it was actually Category 3 when it hit. Um, we had a story about it basically about to hit, and this is uh, one from when it actually had passed over uh, the target zone in, in South Louisiana and Alabama, I mean Mississippi, in that area rolling over and by this time it was actually inland and causing lots of issues in fact by the time this one was posted i was getting news from people who lived um in my friends in alabama who were dealing with power being out and of course we posted this on thursday my friends in alabama just got power back this morning as i'm recording this on a saturday people in new orleans that we know we were about literally working with people uh, over on on a big project for this week they shut down early for zeta they didn't get back up until late friday to get some basic operations because they had to get power up this was a storm that was not as bad as as other storms that come through but it was the fifth named storm that rolled through the louisiana area the race rolled over new orleans this this season it was i believe the 26th storm if if my math is correct uh, they used 24 of the letters in the alphabet. No, no, my math is not correct, so I'll have to go back to that. But essentially, they, they use most of the alphabetical letters. They take a couple out. It's sort of weird, and they don't have a lot of names for And then they add on to it the Greek alphabet. Zeta, at the end of the Greek alphabet, is literally the final one. And the oddity about this is there's some sort of tropical something or other that's living in the Caribbean right now as we speak that may pop up. Yes, tornado season or hurricane season doesn't actually, quote unquote, end until today, but we normally aren't reporting on hurricanes on Halloween, and we also normally aren't reporting on this many hurricanes in a season. So I have a friend who literally had to evacuate his house near New Orleans five times this year because two years ago he almost got killed in a flood. And so now instead of being brave, he takes the he takes the, the smart way out and leaves town anytime the rain gets really, really heavy. Uh, so uh, we know my man James is taking he's good and take care of right now as well. But this has just been an odd year for an odd year for essentially an odd year. Twenty twenty one 
We say it can't come fast enough, but after going through this year, we don't know what to expect in the next one. And the number one story this week, the one that gets all the fanfare, all the fuss, because it earned it, and this guy earned it this year. So it's a top Twitter story, which basically made, meant it was going to be a number one story. It is a super story. We combined two headlines, which basically fermented the headline we're using as number one. It was already number one based on the raw scores, and then when we went through and checked things, it stuck at number one. We posted it pretty early, Monday, the 26th of October. It gets a bump in response from the number two story in this form, and it's not a lot in theory because the other one bumped up, but it's plenty much, 8.53%. From number 10 story, Kevin Spacey leaving to get out of trouble, 334.44%. I know why the 4.44% is there as well. Don't forget that was also tied with the weather delays in the NASCAR race as well. And at the very bottom, 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 205, we'll tell you what that story is in a moment, the story bump in response was 9,233. Not as large as some uh, bumps in responses in some cases, but pretty large on its own. Here's your headline that we went with. Cam Newton responds to former NFL quarterback Jeff Garcia ripping him over his fancy game day outfits. The headline it was combined with, because it does make a difference, is the fact that Cam Newton was benched in the fourth quarter playing on Sunday. That was the headline we actually posted the day before. And that headline was pretty high level on its own. And then surprisingly, people jumped in on this one as an actually bigger story. Now, I thought the big story was a Cam Newton, who, of course, has left the Carolina Panthers, now playing with the with the New England Patriots, not New Orleans, New England Patriots, replacing Tom Brady, who, of course, did his shift. Um and the, the Patriots thought they're going to be okay. They're going to play a little bit differently because Cam Newton's definitely not Tom Brady, but Cam Newton's a little bit younger. Obviously, has better legs, and they could do some some pretty cool things in the transition. While the Patriots, who will probably keep Belichick for forever, figure out who their actual real future is, because Cam Newton is still pretty much a good now. Problem is, he's not that great of a now. He hasn't been doing so well. In New, in New England, and it's just the the sign of the times, the sign of the COVID, a uh, bunch of different reasons why Cam Newton and the Patriots, who aren't a bad team, they're just essentially underperforming uh, to not doing as well as they should, they're expected to. And here's where the second headline comes to play. So Cam Newton gets benched in the fourth quarter on Sunday. Jeff Garcia, who's a former quarterback, is an analyst on television, and he's ripping into Cam Newton, who has been known for his entire professional career for dressing up on all sort of just weird, freaky outfits. And he just dresses up in a normal, weird, freaky outfit. But but Jeff Garcia is calling him out because essentially he's not he, he's losing. The team is losing and he should be taking it seriously or more seriously per Jeff Garcia. And that is uh, how it goes. So Jeff Garcia uh, did some some talking, and Cam Newton responded. It's it's uh, because he has that right to do that as as a as a public person, as a person being defended. He uh, responded. I'm going to um, do two things. I'm going to read. So we usually read a bit chunk. So this I'm going to read the response that, or I guess it's the comment. There is a comment basically that Garcia gave, and I'll read the response. And then I kind of step away from there. It's not much commentary on this one. You can, as a football fan or as a fan of just celebrities being celebrities, you have your own opinion on this. But let me tell you, this is the context of the 
big story right here. This is Jeff Garcia. You go into this game, two touchdowns and four interceptions on the season. You throw, what, three more interceptions? You get yanked in the second half. There is nothing good going your way. Why are you dressing like this to bring more attention to yourself? I'd be trying to ask the equipment manager, put me in your jock sock cart and sneak me into the back door and I'll show up on the field and do the best that I can. This just goes back to a couple of years of watching this guy and seeing him at the podium. But yet what he's doing on the field does not translate to being that guy. And this is a shot at, at Newton for, you know, maybe losing a step, maybe losing a lot of steps. And it's coming from someone that should know something about getting the job done on the field, Jeff Garcia. What you think about Jeff Garcia and his career is kind of relevant because um, here's what happened. So on the Greg Hill show on Monday morning, Cam got a chance to respond to the comments um, and he took the high road, but um, also made sure people knew who he was. Here's what he said. I agree with him and the fact that he's a former player. He has every right to say that. But that's another opinionated theory, and it's fair to say. I know I come off to so many different people, so many different ways, and that's fine, and he's exactly right, but I'm not changing the way I dress. He did not necessarily address the play. He did address the dress and said he's not changing the dress. So there you go. Whatever you feel about Jeff Garcia, which probably isn't all that much at this point in time, or Cam Newton, which may mean a lot more to you based on how much money you put on the games each week, for entertainment purposes only. Uh, but there you have it. He was able to take the high road in that case and not go full blast on him, which is good. Now when the season's over and they meet, meet up pre post-COVID at a Super Bowl party, we'll see if they're able to hug it out and make that all work out. So let's go through the stats really quick before we get to the final story, which is, of course, the almost relevant story of the week. We call it that because it's usually almost irrelevant, and it's usually something posted on late Thursday, early Friday, uh, before we actually cut off the, the the numbers. This time, it was posted on a Sunday. So this is one that people saw early or had a chance to see early, but did not put too much into. And this is one that's really, really sad because the story itself is really sad. But let's get to the stats for the week. Of course, we had two super stories at number one, the Cam Newton story at number two, the story about Hurricane Zeta combined those all. And essentially, that just meant the stories that were in the top three were still in the top three, except one of them flipped from three to two. That's essentially all that happened. We also had the tie this week, which was a story at nine and ten. It's still it's a tie because the numbers were the same. The younger story was a story about the delay in NASCAR. The older story was Kevin Spacey fleeing to London. Now, um, for as far as the response go, the, the engagement for the top story was 5.7%. The engagement for the number two story was 5.25%. So basically, they're right at the cusp with the super story status there. They just this week happened to be a combined 10 ish percent, 10 or almost 10 percent, or almost 11 percent. That'd be 11. Uh, nine five. The top five, I'm sorry, top ten stories this week. A little bit on the low end. Normally they're about thirty percent together, but I guess because the two top stories were lower than normal, twenty four point six four percent in the top ten. That's how much engagement overall for the week. To a quarter of the people that engaged this week engaged in those stories. 
um, dropping slightly to about to below six, five point six two percent are stories 11 through 15. The almost rants, the ones that were close, but not quite close, which is why all you got was a headline for number 11 and not actual details from it. And we aren't giving the full details for one for 11 through 15. Find those at the website as well. Also find 16 through 244 as well. All the stories in between the ones that matter to the one that mattered the least to you. But one that actually matters a lot to me, especially in the time of of year it is. Uh, But before uh, before we get out that the Facebook engagement this week, 16.74 percent and Twitter, 83.26 percent. So it's usually uh, more of a 10 to 90 to be honest, but I like the fact that it's it's more fifteen eighty five sixteen eighty three now. I like the fact that more people are engaging in Facebook. That means the numbers are going up in general, not just people dropping down. And so the Facebook is having its say in where things go. That is what's awesome about what's going on this week. The almost relevant story this week had a had a engagement of point of point zero six percent. It was posted on Sunday, the twenty fifth. It has, uh, well, as you said, it's already not, it's 9,233% less responsive than the first story, the top story. The headline that we got from Cafe Mom, a news site blog that's basically from, from moms. Mom who got pregnant while dad is battling cancer learns she has it too. As we said, this is a story that I'm not sure why it didn't get a lot of response. It was posted um, one of those middle of the night posts, which is probably what happened. But October, as we wrap up today on Halloween, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And my wife, this is this is dear to me because my wife actually uh, went through her breast cancer, I'll say, journey uh, to uh, for about four years ago. And she is now two years cancer free. So we've gone through that and we still deal with it as something that that's top, not not always top of mind, but pretty darn close because of the things that we went through. So things that along those lines always catch my attention. And it's always one of those things that it's it's personal. But if, if you have a personal story and people will ask about it, that's where those go. If you want to talk about that with me, check out um, just or email me at the conversation inbox. We can chat on that one much later as well. But this is a story that you really should go and see. So check out the website. This is the conversation dot com. Click on the story for this week's podcast. This week's podcast week ending, as I just said, October 3 1, 2020. And so, with that, we are now done. The Halloween edition, just sort of because it fell on that day, is over. Nothing too spooky or ooky, other than the fact that 2016 still has two more months to get us through. So, we will see exactly how crazy things will end up. And of course, next week, we will be talking with some election related stories. I'm sure more election related stories will make it into the top 10. Whether we have an elected official as far as a president for the United States, we shall all see. But we hopefully will see you coming up next week. And to be a part of what's going on and maybe make sure those election stories make their way into the top 10, you just have to respond and engage with the stories as we post them in our feeds. Follow us on Facebook. This is a conversation. We're the blue speech bubble looking thing. Follow us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. We're also the blue speech bubble looking thing. Find out more about us at this is the conversation dot com. And if you like what you've been presented here, we have other forms to get it to you and we can use your help as a bit. The other forms include our newsletter. We on Monday through Thursday, we produce 
eight things to talk about. So we'll t- we'll give you a snapshot early in the morning of what people have been chatting about over the past couple of days for Monday and the past day or so for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We also are working with uh, doing this video. I've, I've, I've got some feedback on it. And yes, there are some things misspelled. Uh, but we're working on a daily video that kind of does a really rough number, not the full count of things that are in the range for the next morning. Uh, and you can see that on our Facebook feed and our Twitter feed and our website soon as well. We also, of course, have the the website itself. The website itself has, has things as well. We have sponsorship abilities there. We have places for ads. Click those and we get a little bit of affiliate there as well. And, of course, uh, if you want to go deeper into the partnership, you can go to thisisaconversation.com slash partnerships. And find out how you can join us with join up with us and literally give us a little bit of money to keep things going. Uh, we can use all the help you want to give to us, to be honest. Like I said, this is a labor of love, but it is a labor and it does take resources. But I'm always I'm glad to do this for me and for you. And it takes a lot of work to get it done. The most important thing you can do is, of course, engage with the feeds and listen to the podcast subscribe to the podcast, share with other people. We're on, on all the podcasters you're looking for. So no matter how you found us, we're probably there. If not, look for a full listing of where you can find us and subscribe to us at our website. This is a conversation.com. As we said, we're already working on big things for next week. So make sure you are in the feed, seeing what's going on, putting in your input and subscribe to the podcast. So you do not miss out on next week's episode. We will see if we have an elected official to talk about at the top of this list or whether so many other stories get in the way of that one. Here on the Weekly Wrap-Up with Jay Cleveland Payne, for all the folks, and there are folks behind this, thank you so much for engaging with us and helping us help you out and having great conversations on great news stories that get left out with all the mainstream media's focus on what they focus on. We will tell you guys what you told us guys what were the more important stories to talk about again coming up next weekend counting them down from 10 to 1 this is the weekly wrap up with jake Cleveland Payne. thank you so much talk to you next week